Welcome to this episode of Dental IQ. I'm your host, Fabio Alfieri, and joining me this week is Dr. Kyle Stanley, an accomplished educator and speaker in the dental industry who's pushing the boundaries of patient care through AI technology. Dr. Stanley is the co-founder and chief clinical officer of Pearl AI, an artificial intelligence program that helps provide an accurate second opinion on radiographs to dental professionals. Stay tuned and listen to Dr. Stanley talk about why AI is quickly becoming one of the most valuable assets in clinics all around the world. Dr. Carl Stanley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Dental IQ. Thanks. It's my honor to be here. Yeah, well, we're very excited and there's a lot of stuff that I really want to pick your brain about this week. But for all of our listeners who don't, aren't familiar who, uh, with who you are at the moment, I'd love to start with you know, where your passion for dentistry came from and you know, your early days of education and what kind of drove you into this profession. I'm Kyle Stanley. I'm a dentist in Southern California. I originally wanted to be some kind of a doctor. I didn't really know what. I thought I wanted to do plastic surgery. My dad is a dentist. My brother's a dentist. And midway through college, I said, you know, maybe I'll, I'll check it out. My dad said, oh, I have a friend who does oral surgery. Maybe you should go shadow him. And I did. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was so interesting. I loved um, all the different aspects of dentistry and what you can do with it. And so I, um, I went to University of Southern California, where I did my dental school, and then I ended up going down to Brazil and did my implant specialty and implant residency. So I, I kind of used uh, dentistry to travel a little bit. What's dentistry like in Brazil? I hear it's one of the biggest countries in the world for dentistry, and there's, there's quite a few dentists down there. Yeah, that's right. I think they have the most dentists um, out of any country. And, you know, it's similar to everywhere else in the world in the sense that you have really, really amazing doctors and really poor doctors. Uh, but I think what they do really well in Brazil is they, they push the limits on research. So they're constantly doing research. They're constantly innovating. And um, on top of that, you have the Brazilian aesthetic. You know, I mean, as you probably know, Brazil is very big in plastic surgery and in, um, you know, exercise and different aspects of aesthetics. And that really comes into dentistry as well. They have some of the best aesthetics. I mean, my, my lab technician is from Brazil. We brought him over to Beverly Hills uh, simply because of that Brazilian aesthetic. Right, right. So in your early days, you know, shadowing um, <clears throat> this person that your dad knew, what sort of sparked an early interest? Was there a particular field like orthodontics, cosmetic dentistry, or any particular field of dentistry that you were most interested in from the get-go? Yeah, for me, it was definitely surgery. I loved the artistic aspect of, you know, opening up some part of the body, doing something to fix the body and then closing it back up and making it seamless. I thought that was just so artistic. You know, I grew up as an artist. I was um, a professional dancer and I was a musician. So I really liked the artistic aspect that also mixed together with the scientific aspect. That's what really interests me in dentistry. You know, unlike many like general, um, general practitioners in the medical field, they don't really get to use their hands. I love that in dentistry, we really get to use our hands and be artists at the same time. Yeah, I love how you found a way to sort of mix your passion for art and your passion for dentistry in a way that, you know, is also helping people as well. So that's awesome. Um, you mentioned Beverly Hills before. Is that where you're currently based and where you're currently practicing? Yeah, so my practice is in Beverly Hills and I practice with a guy named Matt Najad and we do everything from, you know, real aesthetic treatments, veneers, composite bonding, 
all the way to, you know, big bloody surgeries and implant surgeries and reconstructions. So between the two of us, we can really do a large array of treatment. Yeah, right, right. Um, and before this clinic, were you based somewhere else or have you always been located there? Yeah, I was teaching at the university and, and kind of practicing at different offices before I um, came into this clinic. And I, actually, speaking of that, I've, I see that you do a lot of speaking as well and uh, you do a lot of educating to other dentists in this field too. How did you kind of fall into sort of that you know, hobby of wanting to sort of further the education of the dental community? Yeah, that came from some of my mentors. You know, all of my mentors in dent in dentistry, at least, have been really highly sought after speakers, international speakers that travel around the world and, um, you know, teach other doctors how to do things. And I always thought that was so cool. They were like these jet-setting dentists, you know, traveling around the world teaching people how to do things. I didn't actually know you got paid for it. <laughs> and so early in my career, I published an article and got invited to speak about this topic. And I really enjoyed the process of that. And then because I was publishing more and more and more, I was getting asked to speak more and more, even as you know, a young doctor just out of school. And that really turned into a significant portion of, of my business, you know, um, traveling around and teaching other doctors how to do different things. And I, I really came to enjoy the interaction with you know, other dental professionals around the world and understanding how we can be so similar, understanding our differences and how to raise the profession around the world. So for all of the everyday dentists out there at the moment listening who really want to get into a similar sort of field of, you know, presenting and educating the dental community, do you have any advice for how they might kickstart something like that? Yeah, I think the main thing is documentation. You know, I had my my first dental mentor was um, Dr. Pascal Manier, who is a very famous dentist from Switzerland. And he really harped on us that our third eye is our camera. And so even back in dental school, he was saying, you know, you need to get a camera. You need to be comfortable taking photography and documenting your cases. And that's how you learn. And that's the first thing is in order to show your cases, you have to document them. And oftentimes that can take years of documenting before you have the material to then go and, and show this to other doctors, whether it's good or bad, you know, we learn from our mistakes as well. And then of course, working with different companies can help because companies are always looking to promote their products. And if it's a product that you're already using, that you're happy with, and you have a nice documented case, then it can turn into a nice, you know, promotional aspect for the company and teaching aspect for the doctors. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. And Something that I've noticed in this profession is that nearly every dentist is an incredible photographer. And if you go to any dentist's Instagram, that's you see their work on display in very high quality. And I suppose that, yes, it does let, help you be a bigger critic of your own work, but that self-promotion side is also very important, as you're saying, because, I mean, that's the perfect way to sort of further your career if it wants to be in something such as, you know, education. So, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, there's so, some pretty amazing dental photographers out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you a very good, clear, good understanding of what they're actually doing in their clinics and what they're achieving. And I suppose it inspires other dentists as well. So I'm, I'm a big fan of it. That's right. So from this time at uh, Beverly Hills, talk to me about Pearl AI, because I think that's something I'm really excited to hear a lot about, because um, it's only something that kind of popped up on my radar recently. And that's a big reason why we wanted to have you on today. So let's maybe start with sort of Pearl AI's inception. Where did it all kick off? 
Yeah, so at my office in Beverly Hills, um, I had a, a patient named Ophir Tans. Ophir is the CEO of Pearl. And he, at the time, was the CEO of a company called Gum Gum, which has no relation to dentistry. Surprising. Gum Gum, <laughs> yeah, weird, right? But Gum Gum was taking every image on the internet, analyzing it with computer vision AI, and then selling ads based on what was inside of that image. So for example, if you were on, um, I don't know, peoplemagazine.com, some magazine, and there was a, an ad, let's say, for a picture of a new Toyota. Well, Gum Gum could analyze that that's not only a truck, but a Toyota truck, and then sell an ad for a Kia truck or you know a Ford truck. And so they built a pretty successful business off of this. Now that is uh, valued over a billion dollars. And Ophir came to me and said, you know, my dad's a dentist. His dad's a dentist. My dad's a dentist too. <laughs> and he said, I've always wanted to apply what we do at Gum Gum to dentistry. Um, you know, I don't know what this will turn into, but would you want to help me with that? And I said, sure. I don't know anything about AI at the time. And, uh, but sure, I'll help you. Let's, let's figure it out. So that was you know, about five or six years ago, we started just analyzing what we can do with computer vision, AI, and dentistry. Well, we ended up, you know, doing some significant uh, tasks, you know, um, finding answers to some challenges in dentistry. And it, come, it came to the point where Ophir said, I'm going to step down as the CEO of Gum Gum and let's go raise an independent round of venture capital and let's make this its own entity. And so we did that in 2019. We raised $11 million at the time from um, a firm called Craft Ventures, which, is, which was started by David Sachs, who's one of the founders of PayPal, a very successful, um, very successful entrepreneur. And yeah, we've been independent as Pearl since 2019. Wow, what a story. So at, at the inception point, when Afi came to you and said, look, this is my idea, what what was digital dentistry to you at that time? Well, for me, digital dentistry was kind of everything. That was what I was traveling around the world teaching people how to do. That mm -hmm. was you know digital smile design and guided surgery and uh, digital impressions and face scans and analyzing faces. So everything that I was working in was the digital realm of dentistry, but it was just missing that AI aspect, that, that third-party unbiased, you know, reminder, let's say, of AI that could have been incorporated with all of those um, different specialties that I was working in. Right. So let's talk about what Pearl AI actually does then. So for all of the regular dentists out there who own their own mom and dad clinic, let's talk about what this actual AI system does and how it can benefit the everyday clinic. Yeah, so we started Pearl to really solve difficult problems, difficult imaging problems in dentistry. So what it boils down to is analyzing imagery. So that can be our um, digital radiographs, digital x-rays, right? And those can be like our periapical, our bite wings, our panoramic, more, more the larger ones, you know, CEPHs, we have CT scans. In addition, we're also analyzing intraoral scans. So the digital impressions that we're taking and we're finding insights based on that. That's kind of the, the, the one liner of what we do. 
So when you say insights, so it's analyzing these radiographs essentially. What's the information that it's spitting out to the dentist? Yeah, so we're looking at imagery and finding different detections. And those detections can be pathological in nature, meaning that we're finding bone loss, or we're finding cysts, or open margins, we're finding you know, caries, cavities, everything that a dentist would look at in a radiograph, we can train an AI system to detect automatically. And you may think like, well, if a dentist can detect it, then why do we need AI? And the thing is, is that dentists are great. I mean, I'm a dentist, my brother, my dad, we're all dentists. But what we're not great at is consistency. So there's been a lot of studies on this. You know, there was, there was a famous one in the 90s that um, a Reader's Digest investigative journalist did where they took their x-rays, their own mouth, and a set of models to 50 different offices in, I think it was New York. And they asked all the dentists to give them treatment plans. And they got 50 different diagnoses and 50 different treatment plans. And that's difficult for consumers, right? Because you want to go and have one answer. You should ask dentist A, and they should tell you something. Dentist B, they should tell you something. There should really only be one answer to this, at least one diagnosis. There can be multiple treatment plans because people have different ideologies, philosophies, they use different materials. But really, at least the diagnosis should be the same. And that wasn't the case. We've also done some of our own studies where we've asked different, uh, different doctors to look at imagery and make diagnoses and just the array of treatment plans that you get is wild. In, in one study, we asked over 120 different doctors to look at uh, an FMX set of imagery and we got treatment plans ranging from $300 to $36,000 on the same, same patient. That's a bit of a and, disparity. Um, that I think is so difficult for consumers to understand. Yeah. And, you know, they've done studies before where they even ask the same doctor, like, let's say I look at a set of imagery and then three weeks later, he asked me to look at the same set. I'm not going to agree with myself in that case. So what the AI does is it's consistent, whether it's right or wrong, it's going to be consistently right or wrong. So if you show the AI today an image and you show them in two weeks, it's going to give you the same, the same answer. Mm. And that's what is missing with dentistry. And that's where AI can really make a difference is consistency. And it's not, it's not us versus the AI, which I think many people at first think, right? Oh, well, I missed something. So then the AI is right or I'm right. No, it's us plus the AI. It's similar to, I always relate it, I'm, I'm a car guy. So I always relate it to assistive cruise control, mm. how Tesla is doing it or how many other cars are doing it. The car is gonna keep you in the lane. The car is gonna make sure you're, you're you know, creating a usable distance between the other two cars. But ultimately you have the steering wheel, you have the brake, you have the gas. The doctor is in control but it's just there to make sure, hey doc, did you see this one? Did you see this one? Oh, mm. stay away from that, stay away from that. So it's just like an added layer, another set of eyes really when we're looking at imagery. Yeah, so it's, it's a tool that needs to be used. It's a guaranteed consistent second opinion. That's what dentists right. should be using it as, right? Is that second opinion. 
Have you had any? Yeah, that's actually the name of one of our products, the second opinion. It, is it? There you go. Yes. Yeah. Um, so have you had any dentists kind of bite back and be like, look, you know, it's replacing, you know, what we do or kind of voice those concerns about it, you know, moving towards AI is moving to re- towards replacing what we do every day? Yeah, oftentimes dentists feel, I don't know what the right word is they're worried about it for some reason they're like mm-hmm. worried about a turf war right and we really have to come to them and say this isn't versus you this isn't you versus the ai we're here to help you we mm-hmm. want to make you be more consistent we want to make you more more money we want you to have less liability better communication with your patients and i think it's because of the the negative press that comes with ai yeah. Right. It's like um, the Terminator is like coming back from the future to kill you and, you know, killer robots and all of these things that aren't real life is what people think of AI. But everybody's really comfortable using AI in, you know, your phone. When you take a picture, mm. it takes eight images before you take your one image. Then it takes the best of all those little pixels and gives you the best output. So it's just it's hard to enter someone's profession and not have them be a little scared that it's going to impact them negatively. But yeah, most of the absolutely. time when I can talk to the doctors, show them examples and um, give them a little more insight, they start to agree with it. And usually what we do is we, we look through their past schedule, for example, and we say, hey, here's this case. There was nothing treatment planned for this. Um, you know, and you can clearly show that there was carries there. And the doctor kind of goes, oh, yeah, I missed that. You know, I was I was treating another patient. My wife called me, my husband called me, and I was distracted. I missed it. And that can really make them understand their humanity, right? Because what are, what are us humans good at? We're good at empathy and relating to our patients and, you know, talking to them about their, their concerns, we're not good at doing the same thing every day. Humans are very inconsistent and mm-hmm. AI is not. Definitely. And I mean, that empathy that a healthcare professional can provide you with is something that, you know, you're not, you're going to struggle to build into an AI and get the same result. No computer so, will ever be able to do exactly. that. Exactly. So you're never going to replace that. And that's, yeah. if not the most important thing about being a healthcare professional is the care that you can provide. So that's right. I, I see how this is such a valuable tool to dental professionals. What's, what's the learning curve like for the AI system? Is it constantly learning with every single case that is, you know, sort of processed through it? Yeah. So the, the learning curve usually is pretty steep meaning that it gets better very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then at some point it gets to be kind of uh, asymptotic in the sense that you have to put a ton of imagery and a ton of training to get that 1% up higher. Right. So it's like, you can go from you know a terrible AI to you know, 60%, 70% accuracy, let's say. But then to get from 70 to 75, can be very expensive, very time consuming to get from 75 to 75.5. You know, you know what I'm saying? It becomes asymptotic at some point, but to answer your question pretty quickly is that it is learning as each image is captured and then analyzed on our end. So for dentists using this, how long does the whole process take? Let's say you're, you know, uploading your imagery, the x-rays and you want to get a read. How long is this whole process? 
Yeah, it's it's basically instant. You know, it kind of depends on how fast their internet is, but hmm. most of the time it's less than 20 seconds. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so if you're taking a set of imagery, you know, F, when you finish taking when you're taking the second one, the first one is done. Mm, right. That makes sense. So if I'm a everyday dentist at, I've got my own clinic at home and I want to incorporate Pearl AI into what I do, how would I go about that? Yeah. So there, there's a few ways. The two products that we um, have released that we're doing a lot of right now is one is called Second Opinion. And second opinion integrates directly with your imaging sensor. So like in the US, a lot of people use something called DEXIS, which is used kind of around the world. You can simply just turn on in DEXIS, you can sign up for Pearl, you'll have a way of turning it on, directing it where your images are, and then it'll just start going through and populating all of the AI detections. So it's very simple to turn that on. We also have a product called Practice Intelligence. What Practice Intelligence does is looks through all your historical imagery, finds detections, and then we integrate with your practice management system to get those insights. That takes a little bit longer. That takes about two weeks of setup to, to analyze everything. But what we do with that is we can come in and say, hey, we found this carries. We cross-referenced it with your practice management system. And we found that it wasn't treatment planned. So that can come up with, with even more insights. So second opinion is that real-time analysis, you know, showing the patient, hey, Mrs. Jones, not only do I think you, you know, need a crown, but they would say that you, uh, you know, have some kind of caries here. So that builds a trust with your patients to where practice intelligence is more business intelligence, planning, scheduling, and seeing what insights may have been missed or what opportunities you have mm. within your existing patient base. And why that's important is because so much, so many dentists are constantly looking for more patients. I need more patients, more patients, more patients, more patients. And oftentimes we're not looking at the opportunity that we have of patients that have been coming to us for years, whether it's things that we treatment planned that just never got finalized, meaning that we told them you need a crown, they said, oh, I got to talk to my husband or wife or check my son's soccer practice. They came back. They never really told us. We kind of forgot. We keep giving them cleanings. So that's what we call like an unscheduled treatment. Or we can look at just things that didn't make it onto the treatment plan, whether that was missed by the doctor or sometimes we found the doctor tells the assistant or the front office to put it in. They get a phone call at the time, then they don't put it in. Mm. It's just finding every opportunity within your practice so that you can do more dentistry and better dentistry. And I suppose it comes back to that tool aspect is use it as a tool so that, you know, you can continue juggling your life as a healthcare professional and a business owner, but you've got something there that's actually supporting you drive the business forward. So I think that's, that's right. That's, yeah. It's yeah. just there as an extra set of eyes mm. to remind you, Hey, take a look at this. And the doctor is always in control. You know, the doctor can say, I don't really agree with that detection. Or they can say, Oh yeah, that's right. But you know what? I wouldn't treat that one. Let's just put a watch on that. Right. So it's ultimately the keeping the doctor's autonomy with an extra layer of intelligence on top of that. Mm. So I know that second opinion is is one of the products that uh, are involved with Pearl AI. What are some of the other patents or pending patents that the system has actually got? Because I know that very recently you acquired a new one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So we have a bunch of patents and and a lot of pending. Some are around the insurance realm. Mm -hmm. Meaning that, you know, a lot of insurance claims are being reviewed by humans. Mm -hmm. And for example, in the U.S., a lot of 
insurance carriers only review about like three to maybe 7% of the claims that come through. So there's a lot of waste that's happened. And in addition, what we talked about with consistency, let's say you have 10 different doctors reviewing imagery, you can show them the same case. One may say yes, one may say no. So what we wanna do is come in with that AI and automatically detect and automatically analyze these claims. So we have a patent around that. We also have a patent around our fraud, waste and abuse product, which we found that unfortunately is, um, there's a lot of fraud happening in dental insurance around the world. And, you know, many of those dental insurance companies are paid by, um, by the government. And so what that means is that many of us taxpayers are paying our money that's then being wasted by right. fraud. So I'm very big on good PR in the dental world, right? Because us dentists don't have very good PR. You know, people don't like to come to our office. Anything that you see in the news is always something negative about a dentist. And so it's unfortunate that we have these very few bad apples that are giving us a bad name. Right. So I wanted to come and use AI in this process to find out who these people are and um, you know, bring them to justice basically. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. So this, that particular pattern is more geared towards the insurance carrier and it's, right. yeah. And again, with the same consistency thing, you're sort of weeding out the people who may be sort of trying to fraud the system with ineligible claims. That's right. Yep, that's right. Good. And then we also have patents around our, our margin marking technique. Yep. So this is using intraoral scans. And um, with intraoral scans, we are oftentimes at the laboratory, you have an army of people that are just going around and marking a margin. Mm -hmm. And then they send it off, marking a margin and send it off. Similar to what we talked about before, humans are inconsistent. And so, you know, you may have the best margin marker, or you may have the worst margin marker, or you may have the best margin marker on their best day, or you may have you know, the best margin marker on their worst day. Yeah. And what AI can do is come in, automatically detect these margins, mark them consistently. And then what you can do is take, if you're like a lab owner, you can take those people that are marking margins and that are kind of functioning like robots and put them on some type of task where you need that human intelligence. So like staining, glazing, polishing, you know, fine or customer communication, things that aren't repetitive and, uh, and can be very consistent with AI. Mm. Yeah. We also right. have a ton of patents around our, our design process and, and some of our products. So yeah, we're, we're pretty big on, um, intellectual property. <laughs> right. Yeah. So as chief clinical officer, what's, what's involved in your responsibilities with the company at the moment? Yeah. So I'm basically the main dental brain of gotcha. the company, meaning that if we are making a new product, then I'm going to be the one saying, you know what? Dentists wouldn't use that, or they would use that, but we need to change it to this or dentists wouldn't like this type of interface, we should do it like this. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I get just weird dental questions from the engineers, like how many molars are there? Or, you know, okay. I'm there to be that main dental brain. So in addition, I manage some of our annotators. So to train an AI system, 
you have to have annotators that sit and painstakingly mark every image. Okay, the, the AI doesn't automatically learn, it has to be trained on how to learn, which I think is a misconception of AI. So I manage a team of doctors from, from around the world that are annotating our imagery. Um, you know, I'm involved with everything clinical. And if I, you know, if there's ever a time when we have a client that definitely needs to talk dental, then I'm the guy for that. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, having an experienced dentist who can almost pull from his own personal experiences and say, hey, look, you know, I would love to have this in a system like this. Let's try and build something out like that. That'd be very valuable. So I'm sure a lot of sort of what you're trying to achieve is based on some of your own personal experiences, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Selfishly, I want to create things that I can use in my own office. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure ever, anyone else in your position would do the same. Yeah. So what's what's next for Pearl? What's, do you have your sights set on any particular new features? What's your growth plan? Yeah, so you know we're expanding in a bunch of different countries, um, really with with second opinion and practice intelligence. In addition, we also have our smart margin technique um, happening in the background. It's really just just expanding our adoption. Mm -hmm. I think this last year, everybody has realized in the dental world that AI is here and that they are going to have to figure it out. You know, in 2020, everybody was worried about. Am I going to have a job? Uh, you know, are people going to have teeth anymore? Like we didn't know what was happening in the world. 2021 became, oh my gosh, AI is here and I need to know how I can use it. So every, every company is getting involved, every distributor, you know, different um, government agencies, everyone's really looking into AI. So I think coming into 2022, you're going to really see a larger adoption of AI because it's ready and people are ready to adopt it. So really it's just um, larger adoption of all of our products. Mm. And for all the dentists listening at the moment, what's the best way for them to find out more about Pearl? Yeah, you can just go to our website. It's hellopearl.com. And we've got videos and case studies and a ton of training on there where they can find more information. Well, Dr. Stanley, that's almost all the time that we've got. But at the end of every episode, we do a little segment called Quick Fire Questions, just to hear a little bit more about yourself as a dentist. Um, so we'll jump straight in. There's four questions, and I'd love to hear the answer off the top of your head for each. Okay, let's do it. All right, first question. Did you have a role model in the early days of your career? Yeah, I think my first role model was probably Pascal Magne. He was my, my first dental mentor. He was the first dentist that I was like, this guy's cool. He's doing innovative stuff. His work is, is beautiful. And not only that, he was a good person. He just seemed like such, such a nice person. So he was my, my first mentor that I'm very, very lucky to have. He introduced me to some of my other mentors. Um, you know, we published articles together early on in my career. So definitely Pascal Magne for me. Would you feel like, would you feel you still base a lot of what you do today on what Pascal did in his time? Oh, completely, completely. I mean, from the ideology of biomimetic dentistry that he introduced to me and uh, my business partner, Matt, and um, the love of natural teeth that he instilled in us and trying to recreate that, even if we're doing something that is artificial, like even if we're doing veneers or crowns or whatever implants, Knowing what our goal is with natural teeth, that was something that he really instilled in us. Like mm -hmm. I told you before at the beginning, he was the person that really 
um, told us that we needed to be good at photography and that we're going to learn from our photography. He was the one that always said, it's your third eye. You can look at a patient, you can see something. And I still do this. I look and the patient says, doc, what do you see here? And I say, no, let me take a photo. I take the photo, walk away, <laughs> I look at it in my camera. And oftentimes I see things that I just wouldn't see in the mouth. Mm. So yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from him over the years. I mean, it's a very valuable lesson to get early on in your career because I mean, look how big it is today. I mean, every single dentist is, is experienced in that and using that because That's it, right. it's, yeah, it helps so much. All right, well, question number two is name one person in your industry whose work you currently admire. Oh, I think for me, that would be Iñaki Gambarena, who is in uh, San Sebastian, Spain. He, you know, I, I practice in kind of a perio-pros way where I do surgeries, but I do prosthetics as well. And he does the same, but his work is just, I mean, the next level with the surgeries and his books and his courses and his photography and his aesthetic. And again, not only that, he's just a nice guy. He's just a nice person that doesn't BS anybody. You know, he tells you how it is. He tells you when he has complications. So I think for me, yeah, Iñaki Gambarena. I love that. We're going to clip this and I'm going to send it to him because that's that's an awesome piece of uh, praise to hear. Yeah, I'm okay. sure he'd love to hear it from you. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, if this wasn't your profession, what would you be doing instead? I think I would be an architect. It's, it's similar to dentistry minus the saliva and the blood, but you know, you get an artistic aspect, you get a um, construction building aspect to it. And I just love um, single family home design. I've, I've always kind of been into this probably the last 20 years. So I think I'd love to be an architect. It's funny you say that. I, this is such a common response from so many different dentists. Really? Uh, I've actually heard it quite a few times now. It must be a big sort of comparison between the two professions, as you said, minus the blood and the saliva. Right. But just the, the passion for art and design, you know, that comes into cosmetic dentistry versus architect. I feel like, yeah, they're very, very hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I say that I'm kind of like a mouth architect. Right, definitely. When you're yeah. doing reconstructions. You know, the difference is that you know, the house is bathed with saliva and there's a giant tongue in the middle and it's opening up and down. I mean, that's, but other than that, you're, you're building something that needs to look aesthetically beautiful. It needs to function well. It needs to fit in with the existing space. I mean, there, there's a lot of similarities, I, I would say. And you have to create a good foundation that you have to build that's right. as well, which is yep. the same thing. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. Uh, and last question, Dr. Stanley, is for all the young people finishing their degrees right now, what is your most valuable piece of advice for them? My most valuable piece of advice would be to focus on your mental health. I have become a very big mental health advocate because I went through a difficult time a few years ago. And I never really focused on my mental health until I was forced to. And so now I... Um, I started a continuing education course and a community called Lightside that focuses on mental health for dentistry. And I think that so often young doctors are focusing on success or money or achievements, and they really need to keep tabs on their mental health because it'll sneak up on you and um, you will will have to find what your true purpose is outside of dentistry. So I guess if I could answer the question even shorter, I would say, find your purpose outside of dentistry. 
because many of us mm. align our self-worth with what we do with our profession. Mm. And then in dentistry, you're kind of bound to fail. I mean, you do enough crowns, one's going to come off. One's not going to look good. One's not going to have a good margin, et cetera. And so if you align your purpose with your profession and your profession is bound to fail, then your whole self-worth goes down the drain. And so I had to separate that and say, okay, I'm, yes, I'm Kyle, but I'm not Kyle the dentist. I'm Kyle the dentist when I'm with patients or when I'm working at Pearl or when I'm speaking, but when I come home, I'm just Kyle or I'm just dad or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm. And so that was what allowed me to really enjoy my career and understand when I have complications, understand when I have hard times, that it's not my self-worth going down if I have a complication at my practice. Mm. As such an important piece of advice, especially over the past two years where people are starting to understand more and more how important it is to focus on something like mental health. Um, the program that you've got that focuses on uh, mental health for dentists, is there a website that people can visit to read more about it? Yeah, so you could either just go to my LinkedIn bio on my Instagram, which is Dr. Kyle Stanley, or you could go to my website, drkylestanley.com, and you'll see a link there. It's called Lightside. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dr. Stanley, thank you so much for that. And thank you very much for joining us this week on Dental IQ. I've learned a lot and I'll be definitely be checking out Pearl AI a little bit more on my end. So yeah, thank you very much for sharing. Sounds great. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Dental IQ. If you enjoyed the podcast, please follow us and leave a rating. And you can also find us on Instagram at dental underscore IQ. If you'd like to join us on Dental IQ or have any topics that you want us to cover, you can reach me at fabio at dentaliq.com.au. Thank you so much for joining us again. We hope to catch you next week. Dental IQ is produced by Highsmile.